You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me today as we explore ways to increase our mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Let's start with the breath. The breath is our most powerful tool for getting centered, grounded, and calm. If you're able to, breathe in through your nose for a count of one, two, three, four. Now slowly release the breath through the mouth for a count of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more time. In, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Repeat this breath work anytime during the day when you feel stress rising or when you notice you've lost your focus. If you'd like to follow a guided meditation, please visit our YouTube channel at Work to Live. As I mentioned last week following the insurrection at the Capitol, I had to spend more time than normal both meditating and reflecting because I had a lot of emotions swirling around in addition to a profound sadness, and I wasn't clear about why I was feeling what I was feeling. It was worth the time invested, as I do have more clarity now. Watching the attack in Washington, D.C. was deeply disturbing, not just because of the mob violence and threats to the individuals inside. It was, I realized, the last vestige of an idealized version of our democracy here in the United States that I have clung to for a very long time. George Washington wrote in a letter in 1790 that the establishment of our new government seemed to be the last great experiment for promoting human happiness. I still hear our democracy referred to as an experiment, but if we haven't moved out of the experimentation phase in over 230 years, at what point do we declare the experiment a failure? Well, perhaps it is a permanent experiment, with some aspects continuously improving and others stuck. Brighter minds than mine will have to figure that out, I guess. But my low mood last week was really about external events not matching the picture I hold in my mind. Despite the fact that this country has never lived up to the ideals set forth at its inception, I carried a picture in my mind of a democratic society where everyone has equal rights, where justice prevails, where everyone has the opportunity to enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, where people come together for a common cause, and where there lives a spirit of cooperation, dedication, and pride in our country. Despite the fact that this has never actually been the case, I think that phrase about this being a great experiment allowed me to believe that we were close to getting there. The events of last week, the response to the pandemic, and the last four years of a dismantling of ideals and progress have been a wake-up call. 
By holding that picture in my head, I may have blinded myself to a lot of our shared reality. So despite this sounding like a very dismal topic, it is in fact hopeful. Mindfulness is presence and awareness. By letting go of a fantasized picture of the country I live in, and instead looking at it right now as it is, with awareness of its many shortcomings, I can make better decisions. I can identify what I can do to help make things better. I can acknowledge that change is needed. I can accept that things are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. While the latter certainly looks better in my mind, it's not true, and I have to accept that. This doesn't mean that we can't progress. In fact, this is what true transformation looks like. The old has to fall to make way for the new, and it's messy and frequently painful. Do I like it? Absolutely not. It's uncomfortable and disconcerting. That doesn't mean I can't observe what's happening, however, with a sense of curiosity and non-judgment, although I admit I'm struggling with the non-judgment part of this mindfulness practice. I've tried to focus in the last few days on what may emerge from all of this that is positive, or how we can remain hopeful as events continue to unfold. We can be excited that many people are dedicated to change and to making this country a more equitable and just society, with the vast majority of them not being violent extremists, but intelligent activists and thought leaders. We can be grateful that in over 200 years, only one war has erupted in this country over our differences. We can be hopeful that this continues, and we can figure out a smarter way to understand our differences and consider our connectedness to each other and to the planet we live on. We can mindfully consider our needs as a society, beyond just our own individual needs. If this past year has taught us nothing else, I hope it has taught us that we need each other to solve problems, and the price for being too individualistic is not conducive to meeting the demands of the challenges facing us. While I'm still sad about what has happened and anxious about the potential of more upheaval over the next couple of weeks, I feel better overall, understanding that I need to stay present and focused on what's true, not just on what I wish was true. That's in much better alignment with my possible actions and ultimately better serves me and the greater good. Many of us hold a picture of how things, quote, should be, and this is the source of a lot of our suffering. The pandemic should be over right now. The government should have handled it better. People should wear masks. Sound familiar? The truth is, there is no should. We make it up as a way to feel temporarily better or more in control, but in the end, it makes us feel worse as we experience disappointment after disappointment that all of these people and institutions don't live up to our expectations. We can adjust our expectations. We can be open to seeing what is really occurring instead of making up stories in our minds, allowing us to perhaps come up with real solutions to our problems. And through mindfulness, we can learn to accept things as they are while still seeking ways to improve them. It's not easy to do this. We're conditioned to listen to our egos and our egos want to keep us in fight-or-flight mode but we can calm the ego down by practicing mindfulness. The challenge, of course, is how do we stay mindful when external events feel out of control? This was one of the questions I asked today's guest, Janet Authorine, 
who rose from a voiceless child in Jamaica to a U.S. federal judge and outspoken thought leader. She chose to create her own life destiny by focusing on purpose, embracing circumstances, and walking in gratitude. Today, Judge Janet owns her own publishing company, is a sought-after speaker, self-care activist, and serial author of Growing Into Greatness, Wild Heart Peaceful Soul, and Island Mindfulness. Her mission is to empower others through the art of storytelling and the transformative power of mindfulness. Welcome, Janet. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for for having me. It's really good to be on your podcast. Um, I've listened to so many episodes and it really put me in such a good frame of mind and such a peaceful frame of mind. I love how you start with your breathing and a little bit of meditation because that's a, a good place to put the listener in for them to actually receive the message that you're sharing. Thank you very much. Actually, the first question is pretty simple here probably, but it's, I'm really curious how you define mindfulness and what island mindfulness is. You know, I started the mindfulness journey probably about 10 years ago, but in a way I feel like I've been on it my entire life because I grew up in Jamaica and we have a real laid back spirit about us as Jamaicans. We have a lot of issues, but we tend to bring peace and calm to them. So it's not that we don't have problems, but we tend to believe that every problem can be solved, you know, with the right time and the right effort. So I try to incorporate that same peaceful spirit, that same no problem spirit to all of the issues that appear in my life. And I try to share that with others. So that's how my mindfulness journey started. But for me, it's really getting in touch with who you are and who you are as a part of the universe. And so it's really meshing the two. I don't know if they've they've ever been separated, but it's really getting in touch with who you are as part of the universe and making sure that you're just not living a check-the-box lifestyle. You're not just going through as a zombie or, you know, we're breathing every single day. But we're just not in touch with that. We just sort of take it for granted. So I like to tell people just to make sure that you check in with yourself at least once every hour. And that usually starts, for me, it starts usually at the beginning of every hour, if I can remember. I try not to be exact with it, but sometimes it's nice to have a routine. So I try to check in with myself for about three to five minutes at the beginning of every hour and really just sort of, you know, sit up still and notice my breath. And so I try just to make sure that I take at least five or six or seven or eight deep breaths, however I'm feeling at the moment, and make sure that that breath is running through my entire body. So kind of feeling it. And it takes a while to really kind of get it. And so if someone is giving it a try and it doesn't feel right at the moment, don't really give up on it because we're all learning. I tell people just to sit as still as you can, put the palm of your hands on top of your head, take about five or six deep breaths 
close your eyes if you're in a place where you can and just really feel it move through your mind and through your body, down your arms, down your side, and all the way down to your toe. And initially you probably won't feel much, but if you do it over and over again, you'll start to recognize what's normal and what's not normal. You'll start being able to find either pressure points or tense points throughout your body. And that's when you know you're stressed or you're just fine. So when you find those points of stress, you just give yourself a little bit of a massage, ease the tension and carry on with your day. I like to think of mindfulness as something that you take with you throughout the day. Because people think, oh, mindfulness is that lofty thing that those really strange people practice. Well, it's not just something you do on the yoga mat. It's something that you can take with you throughout the entire day. And that's how I like to share it with others. It's for everyone. I agree. I think it benefits us to practice in everything that we do. We just have to remember to do it. So that's fantastic. Just out of curiosity, how did you go from being a judge, we were a federal judge, to publishing and and practicing mindfulness and teaching others? What was that journey like? You know, um, you know, growing up in Jamaica and getting the opportunity to come to the United States, it was it was really a big deal because I grew up rather poor. So if you get an opportunity, and my mother provided me that opportunity to be able to come to the United States to live the American dream. So there was some pressure just to make sure that I did it right. So I spent a lot of time um, just taking advantage, full advantage of the opportunities that I was given. So making sure that I get that college education, going to law school, getting that right job, doing the right thing, such as, you know, getting the education and getting a good job getting married, having the children, just checking a lot of boxes. And they were fantastic boxes. But after a while, I felt like I was sort of, you know, going through the motions, checking the box. I wasn't really checking in with myself to see if I was on someone else's journey or in my own journey. So that's when the mindfulness started for me, um, because I wanted to kind of get off the treadmill a little bit and really just focus on my mind, body and spirit. You know, I think that's really profound for a lot of people right now, because a lot of people are considering what they're going to go to next now. So in light of everything that's happened between the pandemic and all the effects of it, and then now last week, the incursion, or what, I don't even know what to call it, the revolt at the Capitol, I think it's important for people to really understand two things. One is how mindfulness can support them through these kinds of events. But the second is also something that I think a lot of people, even if they practice mindfulness, struggle with a little bit, which is how can you stay mindful or in mindfulness if you are facing something like the event last week in Washington, D.C., and a lot of emotions are churning and probably a lot of judgments are coming up about other people? How do we use mindfulness to help us get back to sort of that centered place? And how, you know, how does it benefit us? You know, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about that exact issue. And even before the Capitol, just COVID and how it's changed everything about our lives. So we've had to deal with that for almost a year now. Then we had to go through, you know, all of the stress of the election and the election results. And now we thought, oh, so it's 2021. 
we get to restart, right? Um, and this happens. So um, I think we're just tired and we're stressed and we're overwhelmed. And, you know, we were starting to feel positive about 2021. And now we feel like, oh my God, you know, when is it ever going to get better? So uh, it's been overwhelming. And the thing is, we almost feel like we can't stop and mourn or be sad. It feels like we have to keep working. We have to keep raising our children. We have to keep virtual schooling our children. So there's no break. So there's incredible stress. So I tell people that this is the time for really radical self-care. We can't ignore the news. We really can't. But you really have to be mindful about how much of it that you're taking in and what you're taking in, how it's affecting your body. So don't just say, I'm going to be okay. Really check in with yourself and make sure that you are, in fact, okay. Take those five-minute breaks every hour to make sure that your mind, body, and spirit is fine. Get some therapy if you need to. Talk to your good friends. Take a few hours off from work. Um, do whatever you need just to make sure that you're doing fine because you cannot help anyone unless you help yourself first. So I tell my friends and you know whoever else is on this mindfulness journey to make sure that every single day, especially with what's going on right now, that you pay yourself first. And pay yourself first means that you take at least an hour every single day just to check in with yourself and do some self-care, whether it's getting up and doing some exercise or you know, meditating or doing a little bit of yoga, gardening, just walking around the block. You really have to do something for yourself because what happens is that the stress gets into your body and if it gets into your body, it comes out in different ways, you know, whether it's anxiety or, you know, fibroids or there's so many other illnesses that you can get because of stress. So I'm just encouraging everyone to take really, really good care of themselves and check in with themselves, you know, very, very often. I agree with that. I think many people are already feeling some ill effects from becoming too sedentary over the shutdowns, right? So a lot of people are already sitting, kind of sitting at home. They, they may be working, but they're sitting at home. And then on top of that, a lot of people have the TV on. So they're yeah. being bombarded with the news and the news has just not been very good for over a year now. It's, oh, it's been, it's just been horrible. And it's, it's nonstop. It's almost like as soon as you hear breaking news, your everything within you starts getting anxious and you can't totally run from it because these are issues that are important to us and to our children and to our future. You know, whether it's, you know, all the issues with racism or, you know, whether it's the riots, which basically it sort of contradicts everything that we believe about our society and about our democracy. And we all wonder how could this happen <laughs> in this wonderful country that we love? So there's a lot of stress involved. So I think this is a, this is a wonderful time to incorporate mindfulness and meditation and whatever spiritual practice that you want and need into your life, this really is the time to do it. I definitely agree. You know, I think anything contemplative, but I think mindfulness is particularly helpful because 
just even that focusing, for instance, on your breath to calm that chatter in the mind that for a lot of people, it has not stopped. I mean, it's just been negative chatter, you know, based in fear over all the things that have happened. And I think when Mm -hmm. you just get calm enough and kind of check in again internally and go, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay right now. You know, so that you, you, you're not operating on the fight or flight response and you're able to think more clearly and that helps your whole system calm down. So I think it's an excellent time to start if, if you're not already practicing mindfulness. Absolutely. And you mentioned fear, and I think that's really profound because I think a lot of the upheaval that we're having is based in fear. A lot of people are just really fearful about where they stand and their position in the world. And we're almost afraid of each other. And I really want people to know that the universe has a table that's big enough for everyone. There's enough space for everyone. There is enough wealth for everyone if we acknowledge that and if we share. So all of this fear is just not based in reality. You know, love yourself, love your neighbor, know that there is enough for everyone. Build a bigger table, create a seat for someone next to you and get to know that person. And I think a lot of that fear will go away. So, I mean, I really need all of this fighting and all of this strife. Some of it is necessary, um, but some of it is not. So we just have to, you know, be mindful about what's actually going on and not get caught up in a lot of the stuff that's out there, that's put out there by politicians and by the news, but really kind of get back to our sisters and our brothers and our neighbors and our community and really build that community. I love that analogy of the table. And I think it's it's true that most people, they're not aware of how much of their stress is self-inflicted. And it's because of the thought process and them focusing on what people are saying. And it's not really what's happening in their own lives right now. I know you've talked before, and I'm just curious a little bit about this, which is moving from victimhood, which I think a lot of people right now are feeling like victims on, if you want to say two sides, I agree with you. I think it's just terrible because it feels like now there are two realities, two sides that are opposing all the time. But On either side, there are people who feel like victims. And I'm just wondering if you have something brief, like a brief practice or thought process or technique to help someone who wants to start the process of getting out of that state and into something more healthy and productive and meaningful for them. I start with focusing on blessings. My morning routine really is to get up and spend five to 15 minutes being thankful. And when you start the day in a place of gratitude, really listing all of the wonderful things, I'm awake, I'm alive, I can breathe, you know, my children are downstairs, I have food on the table, and some people don't, but whatever it is that your list of blessings are, first thing you do is really to focus on those things and get yourself in the right mindset. So you're not starting out feeling fearful or feeling like I'm a victim or feeling like I have no control of the day ahead. People are controlling me. I'm not controlling my circumstances, but just really centering yourself and, and, you know, meditating or taking all of the deep breaths that you can and just centering yourself, your mind and your body so that you can be in the best frame of mind to get through the day. Because without that, we're really just kind of blowing in the wind. And that's not who we are. That's not who we're meant to be. You know, we're stronger. We're stronger than we think. We're stronger than we feel. We're resilient. 
we have a lot of control of ourselves and what happens around us. When we feel out of control, we feel powerless. We start getting anxiety. We start feeling fearful. So really take, take back your power because you have it. It doesn't matter what anyone else tells you. You have the power. So take it back, you know, practice self-acceptance, practice self-love, and just make sure that you're in the right frame of mind to face the world because there are so many challenges out there. And all we can do is we can control what we can. <laughs> right. it, starts, it starts on the inside. Absolutely. And also, don't be afraid to reach out for help whenever you need it. It's really dangerous to feel alone and to feel isolated, to feel like you're the only one having this issue. You're the only one having this anxiety. You're the only ha- one having financial stress. When you feel alone, it makes you feel very powerless and helpless and hopeless. And so make sure that you reach out to your friends, your family, your community, your neighbors. If they don't know you have issues, they can't help you. So if it's not something that you can resolve yourself, find a community to help you. And there are lots of mindfulness communities that you can reach out with, with fantastic people who can give you love and support and make you feel like a part of the community. Yeah, and I know there are a lot of people suffering with it because of the pandemic situation. And we also encourage people, if they don't have a community, but they really feel like they need some help, there are telehealth is available now. So they don't even yes. have to leave their homes, but they can reach out to make sure you get back to that place that you can manage again and not let yourself slide down too far. So thank you for that. I guess we'll close with the question I ask all of our guests, which is what is your go-to practice? When you hear breaking news and you feel that stress level rising, what's your go-to practice that you use when that happens? Well, first, as far as community, I have a wonderful community on Facebook. It's called Self-Care Sisters. And that's where we gather and chat and we share a lot of our journey. So none of us feel really alone. And I invite anyone who's looking for a community to join that group. For me, in addition to the regular mindfulness practice that I talk about, music helps me a lot. Although I grew up in a big family, I've always been sort of an introvert. I've always been that quiet child. So growing up, books and music were my best friends. So whenever I'm feeling really stressed, either I sit quietly and read a good motivational book, or I turn on my favorite music, and it helps my spirit. In addition to that, I love quiet. I think it's really important to enjoy your own company. So I can sit in quiet meditation for a long time and really just sort of center myself. So books, music, meditation and mindfulness, and the larger community. All right. I thank you so much for being with us today. I know our guests will appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I know we're going through a really difficult time right now, but I'm really hopeful. I have a lot of hope for the future. So I think we're going to come through. And if we realize that we have a supportive community and that it's filled with love and that there is enough resources in the world for everyone, I think we're going to be okay. But we have to get through this period to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And there is, in fact, a light there. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing about Janet's experience and gratitude for having the opportunity to come to the United States. It was perfect timing to hear this perspective 
as it points out that we might be living up to at least some of the ideals this country was founded on after all, and I needed that about now. I also sincerely thank Janet for inviting us into her Self-Care Sisters Facebook group. I so agree with her that we need to practice radical self-care now, and one of the best things you can do for yourself is join a like-minded community during these trying times. We are all experiencing a common struggle across the globe, so we can remember that we are not alone. We can practice self-care and self-compassion to keep our resilience and fortitude strong, and we can hope for the day that all of this is behind us. In the meantime, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, wear a mask, and as our guest Janet Authoring suggests, remember that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Have a wonderful week. Thank you again to our guest Janet Authoring for sharing her mindfulness practices. You can visit her website at janetauthoring.com or join her Facebook group, Self-Care Sisters, to connect with others practicing mindfulness. It's not too late to register for the Get Out of Your Own Way Masterclass series going on now. My new friend Stephanie Ray, the accountability evangelist, has brought together 30 top influencers for this complimentary video training series on how to eliminate the beliefs, excuses, and distractions that are keeping you from tackling your most ambitious goals. The series runs from January 11th through the 31st, and you can access it by registering on our website by clicking on the banner. My segment, Overcoming Your Internal Doubter, will air on January 23rd, but in the meantime, there are lots of great teachers to share ideas and strategies to help you turn 2021 into a year of progress and success. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly, mindfulness strengthens our empathy and compassion for others, which I believe we need more of in our world today. So practice mindfulness in everything you do. Spend at least a little time meditating every day. And remember to be kind to yourself and others. We're here to do more than just survive. We can thrive. All it takes to start is a mindful moment. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions.